0: Hey, it's Andrew Wilkow. Here's my opening monologue from today's Wilkow majority on Sirius XM Patriot. So banks completely committed to ESG and DEI, aka wokeness, are crumbling and failing. And what is the Democrat Party in the media doing? Trump! It's Trump! Donald Trump did this! Donald Trump did this! Donald Trump didn't do anything. Donald Trump signed a piece of legislation back in 2018 with the express support of 17 Democrat senators and 33 Democrat members of the House of Representatives who saw some of the regulations and restrictions in Dodd-Frank as harmful to community banks. What? How could that be? Nobody's telling me this, Andrew. You're gonna be the first one to tell me this. That's right, I'm gonna be the first one to tell you this. Headline CNBC, Thursday, May 24th, 2018. Trump signs the biggest rollback of bank rules since the financial crisis. The measure eases restrictions on all but the largest banks. It raises the threshold to $250 billion from $50 billion under which banks are deemed too important to the financial system to fail. Remember, too big to fail. Those institutions also not have to undergo stress tests or submit so-called living wills, both safety valves designed to plan for financial disaster. Republicans have made slashing regulations one of their top priorities since Trump took office in January 2017, but Democrats, who largely support the Dog Frank reforms, helped get the bank regulation bill through Congress. 17 Democratic senators voted for the bill, while 33 House Democrats supported it. Quote, when the president signed this, we put community banks back in the mortgage lending business, which is really exciting for me, said Senator Heidi Heitkamp, Democrat North Dakota. The senator said her colleagues who opposed it did did so not because of community banking policies, but because of the restrictions lifted on midsize and regional institutions. So Heidi Heitkamp and other Senate Democrats saw this as a benefit to small community banks in states like, well, North Dakota. So this was not just something that Donald Trump did by executive order, by himself, all alone in the White House, because he's an evil, awful, uh, you know, uh, fascist or something, which would be the opposite of fascism, by the way. Joe Biden says taxpayers are not going to be on the hook for this. Now, before you go running around screaming and yelling about... Trump and out of control capitalism, you kind of need to look into what these banks were doing with their capital. In the case of Silicon Valley Bank, were they lending money to tech startups that actually had a good product? Or did they, you know, have a high ESG score or DEI score? Because if that's where they were putting their money and they lost, they only have themselves to blame. I'm looking at a Q&A interview with Barney Frank, the Frank in Dobbs Frank, who sits on the board of directors of, get this, get this, Signature Bank, the second bank to go down in the past 72 hours, the former congressman on why he backs ESG index based on LGBTQ values and preferences. That's the title of this interview. It is a testament to how far gay and lesbian equity has come that former U.S. Representative Barney Frank, who led the charge for those fights over three decades, is now rallying support for an investable index of companies that mirror the values of the LGBTQ community. Loyalty holdings? LGBTQ 100 index screens companies based on a record of equal rights and financial fundamentals, combined with a survey measuring the LGBTQ population's affinity with corporate brands, products and services. Frank spoke to wealthmanagement.com about investing without compromising your principles. Just because something is gay or lesbian or bisexual doesn't mean it's profitable. Now, I'm sure there are profitable things in the LGBTQ universe. I'm not gonna deny that. But if if your only reason for investing in something is the CEO is transgender, uh, that might not get you the returns you're looking for. What persuaded you that this index was a good idea? Barney Frank. I've been working on anti-discrimination measures based on sexual orientation since I was first elected to the legislature in 1972. For much of that period, we have been on the defense trying to eliminate disadvantages, get the right to marry, right to serve in the military, the right to work without being discriminated against. We made great progress. But in the early part of the century, we had much, not all, but much of what we needed to defend our rights. And it meant that it was now time to work on more positive things. It's time to think about opportunities of which the ability to invest money without having to compromise your principles. What's the approach, Frank? There are two aspects. One, that the company's own practices be supportive. We would not have a Chick-fil-A on on there when the owner's giving money to... Okay, so Chick-fil-A, very profitable business. Very, very profitable business. People go there for chicken. They go there for chicken. They don't go there for politics. They go there because they have demonstrated they have a great chicken sandwich. When the owner is giving money to defeat same-sex marriage, you want people whose hiring practices and appointments are consistent with recognition of our rights. You also want to make sure you have companies with products and services that gay and lesbian people like. There are cultural patterns in every sub-community, brands and services that people are comfortable with, so you want to get those in there we did some very specific uh, polling to figure out which companies people are favorably oriented to. Okay, now again, did you ever hear the phrase, it's not personal, it's business? Have you ever heard that phrase before? It's not personal, it's business. So for Frank and others, DEI and ESG is personal, which now becomes part of the business. We've seen a lot of ETFs dedicated to gender parity, boardroom diversity, women's rights. The cynics say they tell good stories, but ETFs trying to capitalize on social trends is a gimmick and managers should focus only on maximizing return. Frank. I'm sorry, is capitalizing on the trend supposed to be bad? Capitalizing is another word for promoting them and benefiting from them. Did gay men benefit from the social trend against discrimination? I think it's a good thing that you capitalize on that and promote it. This is not a passive thing. It's good for companies to be involved with incentives to make them sure they have good records. If you don't believe in these impact investment funds, then don't invest in one. This is a wholly voluntary operation. I won't tell them what to do with their money, and they won't tell me what to do with mine. This is just a silly complaint. Nobody has a claim on my money. Nobody can insist that I have to invest with them. And I think it's perfectly reasonable uh, to be able to put your money where your mouth is. That's fine. But if banks are doing this and they're losing, and it looks like they are, why should anybody else be on the hook for your woke view of investing? Go woke, go broke. It's a real thing. Silicon Valley Bank here, if you click on their website, has this massive, sprawling ESG bragging report year by year on all of the ESG approved investments that they made. It looks like they lost out on a lot of them. You couple that with high inflation and federal rate hikes, interest rate hikes, and you get a, an intersection of bad, bad, and bad. Wine 6695, Patriot 9572874. I got one for you. Maybe the Ukraine could bail out Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank. It wasn't that long ago that Trump was actually warning about these things, but nobody wanted to listen. They said he just doesn't like gay people or whatever it is, even though Donald Trump was in favor of same-sex marriage long before Hillary Clinton ever was. This is how woke works. Making a bad investment or hiring someone or promoting something just because it makes you feel good, okay, fine. But there's only so much self-indulgence you can have before it catches up on you. Just because you have a good intention doesn't mean the market responds to it. Here's Joe Biden saying that the FDIC, Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, has taken over Silicon Valley
1: Bank, cut one. The government regulator in charge, the FDIC, took control of Silicon Valley Bank's assets. And over the weekend, it took control of Signature Bank's assets. Treasury Secretary Yellen and a team of banking regulators have taken action, immediate action. And here are the highlights. First, all customers who had deposits in these banks can rest assured i want mean, to rest assured they'll be protected and they'll have access to their money as of today that includes small businesses across the country that bank there and need to make payroll pay their bills and stay open for business no losses will be, and i want this is an important point no losses will be borne by the taxpayers let me repeat that no losses will be borne by the taxpayers instead the money will come from the fees that banks pay into the Deposit Insurance Fund. Because of the actions of that, because of the actions that our regulators have already taken, every American should feel confident that their deposits will be there if and when they need them. Second, the management of these banks will be fired. If the bank is taken over by FDIC, the people running the bank should not work there anymore. Third, investors in the banks will not be protected they knowingly took a risk and when the risk didn't pay off investors lose their money that's how capitalism works
0: i love the way that this has nothing to do in his mind with federal interest rate hikes and government spending high inflation losses taken on energy investment i mean my god now you have the president saying he well, we're getting to this you know alaska willow project and it's funny i went back and found some nice audio of Jensaki, who is now going to have a show called "Inside with Jensaki" on MSNBC, saying, "Well, why are you bothering me about these these pipelines and these rescinded land leases? I mean, if we restarted this stuff, it would take years." Allegedly, this Willow project is years down the road, but Biden is trying to reverse course after destroying our energy sector. Now here's Biden, Cube cut two, blaming Trump for these bank failures. Cut two.
1: And fourth, there are important questions of how these banks got into the circumstance in the first place. We must get the full accounting of what happened and why those responsible can be held accountable. In my administration, no one, in my, no one is above the law. And finally, we must reduce the risk of this happening again. During the Obama-Biden administration, we put in place tough requirements on banks like Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank, including the Dodd-Frank law to make sure that the crisis we saw in 2008 would not happen again. Unfortunately, the last administration rolled back some of these requirements. I'm going to ask Congress and the banking regulators to strengthen the rules for banks to make it less likely this kind of bank failure would happen again and to protect American jobs and small businesses. Look, the bottom line is this. Americans can rest assured that our banking system is safe. Your deposits are safe. Let me also assure you, we will not stop at this. We'll do whatever is needed. Remember,
0: Bill Clinton rolled back something called Glass-Steagall that was put in place during the Roosevelt administration, Uh I love when there was the financial crash back in 08, and they said this had nothing to do with Bill Clinton rolling back Glass-Steagall. But now they can blame it on Trump, even though Democrats supported this rollback. And I said at the time, I said at the time, I actually supported what Bill Clinton did. The government shouldn't be telling banks what their business model should be. And here they are. With ESG and DEI and all these other things, forcing banks to lend to people who don't have good credit. You want to you get the housing crisis in a nutshell when the government started ordering banks to make risky loans they normally wouldn't make and then saying, don't worry, we'll back you. That's a recipe for disaster. And in the case of Glass-Steagall, if you don't like, I think it should be up to the account holder. If you want to put your money in a bank that may make risks with it, that should be up to you. That's how the free market works. You hear little elements of that in what Biden is saying. Just nine months ago, CNBC was seeding one investment so-called expert after another saying banks like Signature were a great investment, a great bet. Cut five.
2: With a pitch on one lesser known name in the space that... Could be a total home run. Welcome, Ava Ados. She's the Chief Investment Strategist at ER Shares. Ava, you like Signature Bank. Why? We like banks because in an inflationary environment, they can pass along costs and increase their margins. And we like Signature because it's not only a bank, but also a great growth entrepreneurial story. This is a bank that started 21 years ago, with 50 million in assets, and they managed to grow them to 100 billion organically. And that's very unusual in this area where most banks growth requisition. So we like their growth, exceptional growth and net income margin of 46%. In fact, if you look at 155 global competitors in the space, this bank ranks as uh, in the top five when, it's, when it comes to its net income margin and it's growing it by 63% a year.
0: Wow, that sounds great. Should be no problem there. Now, back in February 2020, same network, CNBC, I'm gonna to try to pronounce his name correctly, Chamath Pal- Pal- Palihapitaya was saying all of this ESG stuff that's getting promoted is a big, giant fraud. Cut six.
2: Uh, ESG, real or marketing?
0: It's a complete fraud.
2: Complete fraud. It's so ridiculous. Governance has been addressed, that's useful. But you know this idea that you're going to get a stamp that says oh listen like you know my supplier you know i've offset their carbon credits and now i understand my it's a joke it's jargon um and i think what people are doing right now is using it as a way to you know for example like if you can paint yourself as esg in Europe, you can essentially borrow money from the ECB at negative rates. I'm gonna come over and, and give so you a massage it's like a, now. It's a carry it's Don't cari- touch oh. them, <laughs> coronavirus. I'll, I'll so, go, Chamat. Go, go Chamat. hold on. But, but I, I personally believe in climate change. I, I think know. we need to do something. And so the problem with ESG is it's going to take years for this. But, this, but like when you hear sl- J.P. Morgan yesterday say that they're not, they're not going to finance fossil fuels, or you hear Ed Bastian at Delta say he's going to spend $100 million of real money, by the way, effectively buying carbon offsets and investing in, in new biofuels every year, you say... Two things. J.P. Morgan, by saying what they said, will be able to borrow billions of dollars from the ECB at negative rates. You think that's what that is? It's obviously what it is. It doesn't have to work. They don't need to do anything. They are now getting free money from Europe for and, basically being able to say
0: this. So what he's saying is governments, central banks, have been encouraging this ESG investment by incentivizing them with negative interest rates or essentially paying them to borrow money. It's free money. This was a bubble that's been building for years. That if you invest in things that are woke or green or diverse or whatever it is, if you fail, well, you failed with good intentions. And this is now the rot that's in some of these banks. Wyndix six ninety five, Patriot nine five seven two eight seven four. We are right, they are wrong. That's the end of the story. The arguments on this radio program cannot be broken. Sirius XM Patriot. You can join me live on the Will Majority Monday to Friday noon to three East, nine to noon West on Sirius XM Patriot channel one twenty five.